Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Let's see here. Today is 27 December's last Sunday of the year of 2020. Good riddance to that. And uh, time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And we have a couple of people here that are visiting. We've got Chuck and Zai Sowards. And they opened us today by uh, playing the guitar and singing us some songs. And it was really wonderful. We want to thank you for making the effort of coming all the way from Arcadia to uh, join us today, and they live, What? where do you live? We live in Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio, and I knew that, but uh, we have another person from Columbus, Ohio also visiting today, and I wanted to make sure of that, but they uh, are down here visiting some people in Arcadia. They drove over here, and they played some music for us, and uh, uh, Zaya's got a beautiful voice. I mean, she's like an angel singing there, so thank you for that. Uh, both of you sing very well, but boy, her voice is just like an angel. So uh, let's see here. We also have um, Kathy Gilliland, and she, I was up there in Ohio. You know that in, um, what month was I there, Kathy? I don't even, uh, it was a couple months ago, and we went uh, to the Creation Museum together, and we also went to the uh, ARC exhibit together with a couple other people that also came and visited the next week, and so uh, got the whole crew back down in the Superior Word at one time or another, but it's wonderful to have you here. Thank you for making the effort, and uh, we'll uh, hope your time down in Florida is warmer in the next couple of days because it's really cold out there right now. And then uh, last week, I was talking about some people. I was thanking them for their service, and I, my eyes went right over one person who has done just an amazing amount of work for the church. His name is Wade Nolan. Um, he started updating the sermons less than a month ago to sermon audio and that way if youtube ever gets taken down which you know is bound to happen eventually he's uploaded 700 sermons in a month and so it's just an amazing amount of work he's done he's had also put in the uh the written content of the sermons and he's also put in you know an icon for it which comes from the sermon he's done so much work in a month i can't believe any person has ever done so much but thank you wade that's just wonderful and right now we are, as you know, I said it last week, I'll say it again, we're uploading to Sermon Audio, and we are uploading to Rumble, okay? And so if we ever get taken down from YouTube, we will have those as backups. And Rumble is going slower, but we will be putting up every new sermon and prophecy update every Sunday on there. And one other thing I want to say about Chuck, it just came to mind, is that he has his own YouTube channel. It's called Crooner for Jesus. And so if you want to hear his music, go to the channel Crooner for, that's the number four, Jesus, and uh, you can listen to their wonderful music. So thank you for that again. And um, I have uh, Marina in Perth. She emailed me, Perth, Australia, and she's looking for anyone in the area of Perth that might want to watch the Superior Word sermons together. Okay, she has no churches that she feels has sound doctrine, which I guess means she feels we have sound doctrine, which blesses my heart. And she would like to fellowship with anybody in Perth, Australia that uh, would like to get together and do that. So if you do live in Perth and you want to also uh, attend with her and, you know, watch the sermons or prophecy updates, please email me and I'll hook you in uh, contact with her. So there you go with that. And then our first category, as always, is Israel. Um, something we've been talking about and uh, more information on it this past week from Zero Hedge. Pakistan pressured to normalize relations with Israel amid reports of secret talks. We were talking about this a while ago that maybe the Saudi Arabians were pressuring them. Here we go. In an article published by Israel Hayom, the Israeli newspaper reported that a Pakistani government aide actually met with Israeli officials during a recent trip to Tel Aviv. Citing a source in the Israeli cabinet, the newspaper reported the advisor to be Prime Minister Imran Khan. They say that he actually came to Tel Aviv. Now, this hasn't been confirmed by anybody, but they say he was there. He flew in business class from Islamabad to London before making his way to Ben-Gurion Airport on November 20th. So they're pretty certain that he did this. Khan's advisor reportedly took British Airways Flight 165 to Ben-Gurion and stayed for a few days in Israel, meeting several high-ranking officials 
from Israel. News of looming Pakistan-Israeli normalization talks sparked widespread protests in Pakistan. Separately, Noor Dari, founder and executive director of the UK-based Islamic theology of counterterrorism, claimed that Khan's advisor had traveled to Tel Aviv on his British passport to propose the Pakistan-Israel normalization in return for the regime's support for Islamabad to halt down Pakistan's current cold situation with the Arab countries as well as in many international issues. The researcher added that he met the head of Israel's Mossad spy agency and delivered a secret message of the Pakistani army chief to him. The aide later held talks with several political officials and diplomats at the Israeli foreign ministry, where he delivered the message of the Pakistani premier. He says Pakistan is facing pressure from Arab countries to leave the Turkish bloc and normalize ties with Israel. Pakistan has traditionally close partnership with Saudi Arabia and receives crucial financial assistance and oil supplies from the kingdom. But it has in recent years sided with Turkey on a range of regional issues in a move that has undermined Islamabad's relations with Riyadh and Abu Dhabi. So you can see that we got people working behind the scenes all because of the previous work of our president. And if it wasn't for Donald Trump, these things would not be going on right now. And this is a real hedge and a protection for Israel, especially when Gog Magog happens. Whenever that happens, it is going to be a great hedge for them. From Ynet, mobilizing marijuana. Israel's cannabis industry prepares to go legit. Israel's budding pun intended, budding cannabis industry has set its sights on expanding its manufacturing, production, and export capabilities as the country prepares to legalize recreational marijuana in the coming months. According to the draft law, Israelis over the age of 21 will be allowed to use cannabis and to purchase it at designated stores. Smoking in public places, however, will be forbidden. On top of this milestone, a UN commission recently voted to remove medical marijuana from its list of world's most dangerous drugs, where it has been classified since 1961. Weinstock believes these recent decisions are only the beginning of a massive shift in global attitudes towards cannabis. And it's just one more thing that shows you that the end times are really coming. Revelation predicted this. It, you know, the magic arts, the sorceries, which are mentioned in Revelation is actually the Greek word pharmakia, which means that people are getting into pharmacy, pharmaceuticals, etc. And this is exactly what it's talking about. The world is slowly letting up on its, uh, you know, morals, and it's including things like this in countries, including Israel. Hence, they will be going through the tribulation period. From the times of Israel, Netanyahu is first Israeli to get COVID vaccine start of return to normal life. Well, that's not true because they're locking down today. I'll read that in a second, but they'll be locked down for several weeks. We've got some friends visiting from Israel right here that are kind of stuck here because they're not going back to get locked down. Um, they sent me an article this week, which was in Hebrew, but the uh, video was speaking in English that if you go back to Israel right now, you're an Israeli and you go back to Israel, they check you into a five-star hotel. Sounds pretty sweet, doesn't it? No, the people there have no access to toilet paper. They have no access to uh, normal foods. Uh, I mean, it's almost like um, a swamp conditions when you get back there. They take away your passport. It's You don't want to go back to Israel if you're an Israeli right now. You'd better to stay in whatever country you're in and not go back. So there's nothing about a return to normal life. And like Fauci, Netanyahu has continuously moved the goalposts. They keep getting moved further and further. They say this one lockdown will do it. They have a second, they have a third. Now they're doing this and it'll be extended more because they do not want their people to have the freedom that comes with living in a free society. For whatever perverse reason, that's what's going on. From the Times of Israel, IDF chief warns Iran against attack, says retaliation plans already drawn up. So, you know, they're worrying about uh, Iran doing something after uh, assassinating that guy. They believe that it was Israelis that did it. All of the other things that Iran is threatening, they're saying, if you come, we're already prepared. IDF chief of staff Aviv Kohavi warned Iran against attacking Israel, saying that the Jewish state will retaliate forcefully against any aggression. Recently, we have heard increased threats from Iran against the state of Israel. If Iran and its partners, members of the radical Axis, Iran, Syria, Hezbollah, and Palestinian terror groups, 
whether in the first circle of states or the second, carry out actions against Israel, they will discover their partnership to be very costly. The IDF will forcefully attack anyone who takes part from near or far. Well, they were just bombed a couple days ago out of Gaza, and once again, Israel went in and retaliated. And then, of course, Hamas says that it was a terrible thing that they did, you know, protecting their citizens and retaliating against an attack which was initiated against them. But that's what happens um, in activities against the state of Israel or Israeli targets. I am saying this plainly and am describing the situation as it is. The response and all the plans have been prepared and practiced. They're ready for anything. From the Jerusalem Post, IDF submarine crosses the Suez Canal as a direct message to Iran. Arab intel officials reportedly confirmed that the Israeli submarine crossed the canal toward Iran visibly above water. In an act meant as a message to Iran's supreme leader, Ali Khamenei, the tension between Israel and Iran has increased dramatically following the assassination of Iran's top nuclear scientist, Mohsen, I can't pronounce his last name, on November 27th. Shortly after the assassination, Iran vowed revenge on Israel, which it believes is behind the assassination. From the Epic Times, Israeli government dissolves triggers snap election okay they've dissolved their government they are now facing a fourth election in just a couple of years so this is what happens in israel when nobody gets along um i'm beginning to see more and more that netanyahu is completely out of control he was a good prime minister he should have gotten out when he was ahead and now he is uh he's uh, if i was an israeli i wouldn't vote for that guy over mickey mouse no, i'm not kidding Anyway, Israel is heading to its fourth election in two years after its parliament failed to pass a new budget by the midnight deadline. The Israeli Knesset spokesman's office confirmed early Wednesday. So it's happened. They're not going to have a government, and that means the military runs the things right now. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. From all Israel. Israelis fear third national lockdown will be death blow to small businesses, psychological blow to school children. Beginning on Sunday at 5 p.m., which right now it's, let's see, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, it's 5. Right now, they just closed 30 minutes ago. Um, 5 p.m. and lasting for at least two weeks. Now they're saying at least when they said it would be two weeks, it's going to be three weeks and then four, and then it's going to be, they're just killing their people. Just like these liberal governments here in America and lasting for at least two weeks in what one beleaguered small business owner described as a war of attrition on us, and another called it a death blow. So there you go. That's the state of things in Israel. And finally, from the Times of Israel, Netanyahu claims pandemic will likely be over in Israel within a few weeks. Prime Minister asserts that lockdown combined with vaccination campaign can make Israel the first country to overcome the coronavirus crisis. From Christian News. I would like to give my hats off to Terry Pop in South Africa. She's finished all of the Exodus sermons. She went through Genesis, now Exodus, and uh, she said it's been something to do during the long lockdown. They've been locked down, she said, since March. And so imagine that. Here we are in Florida going out to the beach and shopping and enjoying ourselves, and these people are locked down like you can't believe. So hats off to her. Mail online, Vatican declares it morally. We saw this last week from some cardinals. Now the Vatican has done it. They say it's morally acceptable for Catholics to receive the COVID vaccines based on research that used tissue from abortions. So you can't abort a baby according to them, but you can use an aborted baby's tissues to have yourself injected. Not going to happen to me, at least. I don't know about anybody else in here, but I ain't getting that dumb shot. From Christian News, Vatican offers elimination of, this is just a long article about bad doctrine. That's all it is. You know, I, you, if you want to know why the Catholic Church is so apostate, this is one of the reasons. Vatican offers elimination of temporal purgatory punishment for forgiven sins of year of St. Joseph. In that one sentence, I could probably think of three heresies, but we'll read the article. The Vatican's Apostolic Penitentiary has issued a decree granting special plenary indulgences, that is, full elimination of temporal punishment in purgatory for a forgiven sin during the year of Joseph. All right, Joseph is supposedly a saint. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are a saint. The Catholic Church has nothing to do with determining who a saint is or is not. And then from that, there is no such thing as purgatory. It is an unbiblical, unscriptural 
tenet of the Catholic Church, and that's when in the Council of Trent in 1546, they went in and they uh, debated all kinds of things against the Reformation, and one of the things that they did was to insert the Apocrypha as canon. It never was considered canon before that. It was in the Bibles, but it was considered historical information of the intertestamental period. Well, they decided that in order to justify the unjustifiable, like indulgences, you know, paying for people to get out of purgatory and all that, which they had been milking their people for eons, they said, these are canon. These are sound scriptural books for your Bible, which is untrue. And that's how all this came about. But the practice, which dates back to medieval times, George Bergoglio, also known as Pope Francis, announced a special year of St. Joseph to mark the, that's the year of the aspirin, by the way, gives you a headache, St. Joseph to mark the 150th anniversary of Pope Pius IX's proclamation of Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, as the patron of the universal church, like they can decree something like that. He had made the announcement in the Patrice Corde letter of the Feast of Immaculate Conception, all right, once another problem with the church. Immaculate conception has nothing to do with Jesus. If you hear the term and you think, oh, that has something to do with Jesus, it has nothing to do with him. Immaculate conception teaches that Mary has no original sin. She was kept from original sin, and so that's what the doctrine of immaculate conception is. And I like to tell people that if that's true, then Jesus, or I'm sorry, God could have kept anybody from original sin, and that is a heresy. All it does is it diminishes the work of Jesus Christ and the value of the cross of Christ. So another problem right there, which as previously reported, commemorates the Catholic belief that Mary never sinned and was conceived without a sin nature. Bergoglio explains that every morning he recites a prayer to Joseph that ends with, my beloved father, all my trust is in you. So he's praying to a dead guy saying his trust is in this dead guy. Let it not be said that I invoked you in vain. Well, I'll say it right now. He's invoking him in vain. All right? So his prayer that he said, let it not be said, has not been answered because I just refuted it. And you can too. And we can all just jump on the bandwagon and refute his dumb prayer. And since you can do everything with Jesus and Mary, so he's putting Joseph and Mary up on the same level as Jesus here. You can do everything with Jesus and Mary. Show me that your goodness is as great as your power. According to Vatican News, the proclamation stated that Catholics will have an occasion with prayer and good works to obtain, with the help of St. Joseph, head of the heavenly family of Nazareth, comfort and relief from the serious human and social tribulations that besiege the contemporary world today. According to the Indulgentarium Doctrina, signed by Pope Paul VI in 1967, An indulgence is a remission before God of the temporal punishment due to sins whose guilt has already been forgiven, which the faithful Christian who is duly disposed gains under certain defined conditions through the church's help when, as a minister of redemption, she, meaning the church, dispenses and applies with authority the treasury of the satisfactions won by Christ and the saints. So in other words, what Christ did for you was ineffective. He forgave you your sins. He has taken away all punishment. He has called you justified before God. Then they're saying that's not correct, that you have to go through the church. The church will take care of you if you do certain things for the church. That's basically what they're saying. Control, that's exactly what it is, bondage. While Catholics agree that sins are forgiven through Christ's death on the cross, They also believe that those sins still must be cleansed after death, so much for Christ's cross, that saved souls are held in purgatory for an unknown amount of time to be purified before they can enter heaven. There you go. Epic Times, Los Angeles drops church attendance restrictions, and they didn't do it willingly. L.A. County says it's dropping its tough restrictions on attendance at houses of worship after a series of recent U.S. Supreme Court rulings struck down pandemic-related church attendance limits across the country. Lawyers for Harvest Rock Church, which beat the state of California at the Supreme Court earlier this month, hailed the decision. Good job. From the Christian Times, Hungary amends constitution with traditional definition of family. Good job for the country of Hungary. Conservative Christians and human rights groups are clashing over a new law in Hungary that effectively bans adoption for same-sex couples and legally defines a family according to traditional Christian views of marriage. 
family, and gender, where the mother is a woman and the father is a man. A Hungarian church leader told the European site Evangelical Focus that evangelical Christians in the country are supportive of the sentence. The mother is a woman and the father is a man and agree this is the order of creation according to the Bible. Good job, Hungary. And you know what? If things get so bad here that we just have to bail out, we can go to Hungary. (laughs) Mideastern Africa from Yahoo. Turkey says it will not reverse Russian S-400S purchase despite U.S. sanctions. Turkey will not reverse its purchase of Russian S-400 missile defense systems and will take reciprocal steps after evaluating U.S. sanctions imposed over the acquisition, Foreign Minister Kavu Soglu said. President Tayyip Erdogan said the sanctions were a hostile attack against Turkey's defense industry and we're bound to fail. I doubt that. Looking at the content of the sanctions, these are not measures that will shake us to the core or impact us very much. Turkey says it bought the S-400s out of necessity as it was unable to get a defense systems from a NATO ally on satisfactory terms. If there was to be a step back, it would have had to have happened by now, Kovusoglu said. So there you go. Times of Israel. Saudis remove anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism from their textbooks. I never would have thought this would have happened in a million years. They've got their textbooks here in America and it's always been glossed over, but it's being removed from them. There's been a notable reduction of anti-Semitic and anti-Zionist content in Saudi Arabian textbooks for the coming school year. The report came amid recent talks of possible normalization between Israel and Saudi Arabia as part of a regional shift that has seen Israel agree to open ties with the UAE, Bahrain, Sudan, and Morocco. Last week, senior White House advisor Jared Kushner said that normalization between Israel and Saudi Arabia is inevitable. While the latest report did not find that new tolerant material had been injected into the curriculum, it did find a substantial amount of offensive material had been removed. It found that the books no longer include a religious prediction of a war in which Muslims would kill all the Jews, a prophecy it said had served as a foundation for much of the anti-Semitic attitudes in the Muslim world. And the classic anti-Semitic trope that Jews, identified as Zionist forces, use villainous methods, including money, women, and drugs to control the world, had been dropped. Attitudes towards Israel are becoming more balanced and tolerant, the group said in a statement. As an example, it noted the removal of an entire chapter that was titled The Zionist Danger that delegitimized Israel's right to exist. More generally, the majority of references to jihad have been removed, whereas a decade ago, the focus of the curriculum was to prepare students for martyrdom. So there you go. Big changes in Saudi Arabia getting ready for meeting up with Israel. From the Times of Israel, reported visit of top official to Israel sparks outcry in Pakistan. We saw the first article on that. Now this is the result of what's happening in Pakistan. The claims from a Pakistani counter-terror analyst and a UK-based political scientist who writes for a Pakistani newspaper have led to a backlash on Pakistani social media, with the country's ruling party wading into the controversy to try and deflect blame toward the nation's former ruler. Islamabad wants Israel's support in various international forums, including improving relations with Arab countries and its general international standing. But the aide stressed that any warming of ties would need to be soft and slow due to expected opposition within Pakistan. So they've got to tread lightly, but these things are happening. And as I've said week after week after week, none of these nations that we're talking about right here are listed in the Bible as coming against Israel. And I'm telling you, all of them have declared war on Israel for the past 70 or so years. So we are seeing Bible prophecy coming true before our very eyes. Unbelievable. Haaretz, concern among Muslims over pork derivative gelatin in COVID-19 vaccine. The stabilizer meant to ensure vaccines remain safe and effective during storage and transport presents a challenge for vaccination campaigns in some communities. So just like um, these vaccines are based on aborted fetuses, and so Charlie Garrett's not going to get one of them, the Jews do not want to get these because they have pork derivatives in them. So there you go with that. They what? What did I say? 
Jews. Oh, Jews. Okay, well, that's what I meant, Muslims. If I said Jews, I was thinking of, you know, my wife out on the beach or something, and my, my brain went off on a tangent. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, it, Jews also, but definitely the, uh, the Muslims do not want to have these shots if they have pork derivatives in them. So they got to get some other thing for gelatin, and they'll work it out that way. From Mongolia, New Atlas. China's lunar sampler lands in Mongolia with moon dust on board. I mentioned this last week. Here it is. China's landmark lunar sampling mission is drawn to a close with the Chang'e-5's lander touching down in Mongolia. I believe it's Inner Mongolia, but that's okay. With the first rocks and dust collected from the moon in decades. Described as one of the most challenging endeavors the country has ever embarked on, the mission's success is another key step forward in the country's ambitious lunar exploration program. The Chang'e-5's mission lifted off from China's Hainan province in late November and by December 1st had lowered its lander-ascended module to the surface. From there, a drill and mechanical arm were used to collect around 4.4 pounds of rocks and soil and pack it inside a vacuum-sealed container, which the module passed over to the orbiter re-entry module to carry back to Earth. Now, if you're going to send something all the way to the moon and back, I'd try to pick up more than 4.4 pounds. I think they should have yeah. put a little more effort into that. <laughs> if in the 1960s, we could have used slide rules, literally slide rules to get a couple people up to the moon. I know there are people that deny this happened and then fly them back with all their bulk in their bodies and bring rocks back. I think China could have put a little more effort into it, but at least Mongolia got into the update again today. So there you go. From Daniel 12 Technology. If you follow these things, you've already read this. If you follow prophecy sites, you've already read this, but it is still very, very cool. Now, this is technology that has been out a while, and I know somebody that has personally used this technology to make a Sergio and Rhoda video in <laughs> Israel, flying over something that is not allowed to fly over by anybody, and their video was unique because of that. But I'll read this, and then you'll understand what I'm talking about. A new satellite can peer inside buildings, day or night. A few months ago, a company called Capella Space launched a satellite capable of taking clear radar images of anywhere in the world with incredible resolution, even through walls of some buildings. And unlike most of the huge array of surveillance and observational satellites orbiting the Earth, its satellite Capella 2 can snap a clear picture day or night, rain or shine. It turns out that half of the world is in nighttime and half of the world on average is cloudy. When you combine those two together, about 75% of the earth at any given time is going to be cloudy, nighttime, or it's going to be both. It's invisible to you, and that portion is moving around. On Wednesday, Capella launched a platform allowing governmental or private customers to request images of anything in the world a capability that will only get more powerful with the deployment of six additional satellites next year. Is that creepy from a privacy point of view? Sure, but it also plugs numerous holes in the way scientists and government agencies are currently able to monitor the planet. There's a bunch of gaps in how we're currently observing Earth from space. The majority of the sensors we use to observe Earth are optical imaging sensors, he said. If it's cloudy, you're going to see the clouds, not what's happening under the clouds. And if there's not much light, you're going to have to have a really hard time getting an image that is useful. By contrast, Capella can peer right through cloud cover and see just as well as in the daylight as in total darkness. That's because instead of optical imaging, it uses synthetic aperture radar, or SAR, SAR works similarly to how dolphins and bats navigate using anybody echo echolocation. The satellite beams down a powerful 9.65 gigahertz radio signal towards its target and then collects and interprets the signal as it bounces back up into orbit. And because the satellite is sending down its own signal rather than passively capturing light, sometimes those signals can even penetrate right through a building's wall peering at the interior like Superman's X-ray vision. At that frequency, the clouds are pretty much transparent. You can penetrate clouds, fog, moisture, smoke, haze. Those things don't matter anymore. And because you're generating your own signal, it's as if you're carrying a flashlight. You don't care if it's day or night. 
Capella didn't invent SAR, but it's the first U.S. company to offer the technology and the first worldwide to offer a more accessible platform for potential customers to use. Another innovation, he says, is the resolution at which Capella satellites can collect imagery. Each pixel in one of the satellite's images represents a 50 centimeter by 50 centimeter square, while other SAR satellites on the market can only get down to around five meters when it comes to actually discerning what you're looking at from space. That makes a huge difference. Revelation plagues Breitbart. Doctor, and I use that term very, very lightly, Anthony Fauci, independent spirit in U.S. He said this before, and he's saying it again, and I find offense at it. I think this guy should be fired. As a matter of fact, I posted on Facebook yesterday. One of the last things that Trump should do is get rid of this guy. Independent spirit in the United States has hurt us during the pandemic. Fauci complained in an interview that America's tradition of individualism and freedom is making the coronavirus pandemic worse. Worse. He's saying that our freedoms are what make things, makes things worse for us. This guy is a very bad guy. Or as they would say on, uh, what is it, Seinfeld? He's a very, very bad man. <laughs> CBS News. Employers can bar unvaccinated employees from the workplace, EEOC says. They can bar unvaccinated employees. However... However, wait, not all employees must get vaccinated, according to the agency. Employees with either a disability or a sincerely held religious belief that prevent them from getting inoculated are exempt. They cannot violate the U.S. Constitution in this country. If you are in a company and they say you must get vaccinated, you say, I have a religious belief that this is wrong and they cannot force you to get this vaccine. This is the United States of America still, according to the EEOC, which is charged with enforcing laws against workplace discrimination. They cannot force you to take this. I've told my wife, if they say you must do it, you are to retire. I am not allowing you as your husband to have this vaccine. And she agrees. But I, I just told her that so she can tell her workplace that. I made sure that they know that my husband is against this and I personally am against this and I'm not getting this vaccine. So there you go. From the daily, my life will change greatly if that happens, but it will happen. Somebody said something, what? Yes, can you have more than one wife? Can I? <laughs> I was asked if I can have more than one wife. I'm sorry, it says in the Bible that a elder or deacon must be the wife of but one husband. Excuse. Okay, so yes, okay. So I have to go by the Bible, I'm sorry, but there you go. Um, yes, she, she's looking for the excuse. She's not looking for the husband. So there you go. Anyway, from the uh, Daily Caller, after weeks of holier-than-thou howling, which they did all the way up to Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving surge is a no-show. There was no surge after Thanksgiving. From Breitbart, Brazil, Supreme Court approves limited rights for people not taking coronavirus. Your rights are limited in Brazil. The Supreme Court says so. They can take away your rights in Brazil. Fox, Russian airline Aeroflot creates, did I say that right, Aeroflot? Is that, is that pronounced correctly? How do you say that? Aeroflot. Aeroflot. Okay. <laughs> well, now I know. Russian airline Aeroflot uh, creates special section for passengers who won't wear masks. Yeah. So would you like smoking or non-smoking? Would you like COVID or non-COVID? I mean, there you go. Yeah. Zero Hedge, Irishman, listen to this perverse title. Irishman sentenced to two months in prison for failing to wear a face mask. Two months. Zero Hedge, world tourism chief, mandatory vaccines will kill travel industry. The head of one of the most prominent tourism bodies in the world, lobby groups, has warned that if governments embrace no jab, no fly policies, it will kill the travel industry. Gloria Guevara, head of the World Travel and Tourism Council, said, I don't think governments will require vaccination next year, warning that if they do, that will kill their sector. She added that the first people to get the vaccine are the last people who will travel. And she's right. These people running in to get their vaccines are the people that are scared and aren't going to get on a plane anyway. And so you're killing the entire industry. She added that the first people to get the vaccine are the last people who will travel. 
I'll read that again so you get both of them. I don't think governments will require vaccination next year, warning that if they do, that will kill their sector. She added that the first people to get the vaccine are the last people who will travel, the elderly and at risk. UK human rights-based group Privacy International has warned that if immunity passports are issued by some governments, it could signal a creep toward digital identity schemes and other mandatory ID schemes, which is exactly what the Bible says is coming. Once you have multiple uses, for example, access to services in multiple domains, meaning public sector, private sector, etc., in multiple countries, meaning travel, then we are approaching a global identity document needed to live your life. That was a secular commentary there saying exactly what the Bible says is coming. Exactly. Let me read that last sentence again so you can get the import of it. Once you have multiple uses, for example, access to services in multiple domains, meaning public and private sector, in multiple countries, meaning travel, then we are approaching a global identity document needed to live your life. From the Washington Times, Fauci says he's been intentionally moving the goalposts on herd immunity estimates. He's been intentionally doing this since March. He's been lying to the American public, and he's been doing it to get rid of Donald Trump as much as anything else. This man should be fired, and not only should be he be fired, he should be in prison for what he's done. Zero Hedge, World Health Organization deletes, now listen to this, the World Health Organization deletes naturally acquired immunity from its website. That has always been there. You get a herd immunity. This is something that we know happens, and they have deleted that entirely. You can no longer get a a herd immunity, a naturally acquired immunity, according to the World Health Organization. Imagine that. You know, I mean, this is what, you go to the Philippines, right? When I went there, I had uh, my wisdom teeth pulled before I went there, okay? And when I went there, I did what every normal serviceman would do. I drank the water, okay? I got so infected, they had to cut my entire jaw open on top and bottom and scrape the bones, okay? I got an infection. If the Philippine people drank that same water, it wouldn't affect them at all. That's called naturally acquired immunity. And we see that all over the world all the time. I mean, this isn't something that just pertains to the flu. This pertains to everything in life. You get immunities. If you eat enough hot habanero peppers, you're eventually going to build an immunity to it. Okay. Capsation is what it is. It's very hot, but eventually you build up an immunity. Okay. So they no longer say that you can get an immunity on the World Health Organization website. Agenda, morality, American thinker, the New England Journal of Medicine is now fully woke. I mean, they've been bad for a while. They're really bad now. In the latest issue of the NEMJ, two doctors and a lawyer have written that it's time to do away with putting a newborn baby's biological sex, as demonstrated by its external parts, on birth certificates. This is the New England Journal of Medicine saying that that no longer matters. Sex designations on birth certificates offer no clinical utility, and they can be harmful for intersex and transgender people. Moving such designations below the line of demarcation wouldn't compromise the birth certificate's public health function, but could avoid harm. These are supposed doctors at the New England Journal of Medicine. You no longer need to read that publication ever again. Weasel Zippers. Seattle Public School District forces teachers to admit they committed spiritual murder of blacks by being white. Just by being white. Murder through existence is what I call that. You're all murderers here. I go, we got a couple brown people in here, but that's it. Murder through existence. You're all murderers because you exist. Mail online. It's what? Sticks and stones. Mail Online, Ivy League professor sparks outrage by saying essential workers should get COVID vaccine before the elderly because older people are generally whiter. Aren't you sick of this? Aren't you tired of this? I'm, I'm so ready for Jesus. To, oh, you know what? I just remembered something. Let me show you a couple things. I just remembered this. I was going to show this at the beginning of the update. Charlie Missy. Uh, somebody sent me uh, some t-shirts. Thank you, Lisa White. Okay, we're going to wear those at a Bible study together, Hedico and I. But she threw in, I don't know if these came from Charlie Missy or if they came from Lisa White, but they're very cool. Up, 
everybody that is here should get the picture. There's some back there. Anybody that wants one, put it on the back of your car. I put the first one on this morning right out in the parking lot. Up. It says right on there, um, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 17, and it's from Grateful Saints. I love this lady. She's one of the most precious ladies in the world. Her name is Charlie Missy. This is how she makes a living is by doing Christian things. Uh, GratefulSaints.com. Okay, go to her site. She's got wonderful shirts. She's got necklaces, all kinds of stuff. This is how she makes a living. She's also from the Philippines. So there you go. Buy something and help your Philippine neighbor. Um, There you go. Wonderful soul. Another thing. Somebody sent me these. Okay, I'm assuming they're for my dogs, but there was no name on them. If it was somebody from my family... Just please let me know if you sent these to me. Maybe a family member. I don't know who, but they're um, Dream Bone. And I'm assuming they're for my dogs. If not, I will eat them. But... I want to thank whoever sent these to me. And then one more thing before we get back into the update. Every year, there's a person that his family, they attend online, and they uh, they have a son that was in an accident, and he's crippled. He's, uh, what do you call it, quadriplegic. And yet, he goes around, and he takes pictures every year, beautiful pictures of his surrounding area, and he does a Christian calendar. And if you'd like one of these for the year ahead, I want you to go to, um, I, I can't read it on the front. I can read it on the back. On Tracks Photography. On Tracks Photography. It's Jameson Lundgren, okay? And he does this every year. They're really beautiful. We've got one in the uh, lunchroom. You all see it every month. And we got a new one for next year. I want to thank them for that. And uh, that'll help him out. And like I say, he's a quadriplegic, and yet he is a photographer, and he does beautiful work. So there you go with that. And um, once again... I will eat these if they're not for my dog, but if you send them, there you go. Okay, news five, suicide now, the leading cause of death for children 10 through 14 in Ohio because of the lockdown, suicide. Think of that, in Ohio, 10 through 14 because of the lockdown. And nobody talks about that. Nobody cares about it. Nobody cares about it. Epic Times. Public servants in Victoria, this is Victoria, Australia, told not to say husband or wife in inclusive language guide. They can no longer say this in Victoria. The Andrews state government has told Victorian public servants to avoid terms such as wife, husband, madam, or sir when working with LGBT, LMNOPQ people. Judges will also move towards using gender-neutral terms such as citizen instead of traditional. You won't be able to say that pretty soon because it offends the non-citizens, right? Instead of traditional terms such as mister. The 11-page document published this week outlines how public servants are not to exclude and devalue non-heterosexual people and their relationships by assuming a person's gender. The documents adds that while most men use he and most women use she, some people use gender-neutral pronouns like they and them. Those who get it wrong are going to have to apologize promptly and not give up until they get it right, the document states. Our other category, Zero Hedge, terrorist at risk of contracting COVID-19 released from U.S. jail. Yeah, Adele Abdul Barry. This isn't just a terrorist, though. He's a former Osama bin Laden henchman convicted of murdering 224 people in two deadly bombings of U.S. embassies in 1998. But now this terrorist is a free man because his lawyer successfully argued that his obesity, he was thin when he went into prison. So he's obviously living pretty well in prison. His obesity put him at greater risk of dying from COVID-19 in prison. Nice to know he was eating so well in prison after murdering hundreds of people. A federal judge released Barry from a New Jersey prison in October. He was then deported to the United Kingdom where he had been granted asylum back in 1997 before being sent to prison. Barry now has been reunited with his wife and the two share a fairly posh London apartment. Thank goodness the government is keeping the public safe from COVID-19. Zero Hedge, a woman sues NHS for helping her transition gender as a teen. Okay, the government had her transition, she didn't like it, and now she's suing the government because the government allowed her to transition. The UK government's government-run socialized healthcare system, the NHS, prescribes puberty blockers to children as young as 10 experiencing gender dysphoria. 
These hormones are meant to stop the natural onset of puberty to make it easier to transition genders in the future. But a 23-year-old woman, Kiara Bell, has sued the NHS for providing puberty blockers to her at the age of 16 when she thought she wanted to be a man. Kiara says she was not capable of giving informed consent at that age. This is something we have been saying now for years in this pulpit, which led to irreversible changes to her body. Rather than evaluate her mental health in depth and discuss alternatives, Kira said the NHS pushed her through the beginning stages of transitioning without much consideration. She is now detransitioned, but has still got a deep voice and other male characteristics and may be infertile. Exactly what I said years ago. These people need mental health counseling, not what yes. they're doing. But no, you can't say that in today's world. Zero Hedge, LA is spending $130,000 per tiny home to shelter its homeless. What better way for California to help get its budget crisis under control than to pay for minimalist structures known as tiny homes to the total cost of $130,000 each for its homeless? What was once an idea to house the homeless in emergency shelters has now, as things do in liberal states, turned into expensive development projects with access roads, underground utilities, and concrete foundations. L.A. has opened one village and has planned five more. Mayor Eric Garcetti has championed the program as a way for the city to stop neglecting its homeless, an issue that was brought up in a recent federal lawsuit against the city. The total cost of the first village is about $5.2 million. The tiny homes are about the same size as a backyard shed that can be purchased for a few hundred dollars. They're about 8.5 by 7.5 feet and have two bunks each. Showers and bathroom facilities are in separate trailers. The trailers themselves cost about $8,600 each, but other costs included $122 thousand dollars for underground utilities two hundred and fifty three thousand dollars for concrete pads one for each shelter three hundred and twelve thousand for an administrative office and staff restroom 1.1 million dollars for mechanical electrical and fire alarms and two hundred and eighty thousand dollars for permits and fees there you go and now you know what they're doing they're complaining that their homes are too small <laughs> yes they are from axios what you got something it's money laundering. That's all it is. It's just money laundering. From Axios, 45 of 50 biggest U.S. companies turned profit since March. 45 of the 50. And all the little guys are going out of business. I've reported that three weeks in a row now. These people, I said this and I'll say it again. I say it every time I say it, that I said at the beginning of this, before it ever got going, that this will be the greatest wealth redistribution in the world in the history of the world, and that is exactly what's happening. The attack, middle the attack on the middle class as well. There will be no middle class. From Zero Hedge, a record 61% of restaurants, 35% of small businesses cannot pay their December rent. From Bongino, Dr. Burks to retire, I'm sure you know this, after getting caught violating her own guidance. Don't go visit your family. She went and visited her family, and then she made the excuse as to why she did it. My parents were depressed. Well, what do you think everybody else in this country is? Why are you different than anybody else? I'm glad she's gone. These people need to be taken out completely. Get rid of them. From the South China Morning Post, COVID-19 Christmas sweater sets alarms off if people get too close. Yes, American home security company Simply Safe has unveiled a holiday sweater prototype that promotes social distancing by using alarms and flashing lights. Simply Safe designed the social distancing sweater, which is rigged with motion sensors that set off the knitwear's siren and flashing LED lights when someone steps within six feet of the sweater wearer. Now watch, this is going to get popular with these lunatics out there. It's going to get popular. You're too close to me. Beep, 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 beep. Knitwear for the nitwits. Knitwear for the nitwits. Very well said. Okay, I've got a lesseric here for you, and I want to see if you can guess which article they have written about. Okay? This is a tough one. The sweater that flashes and blares should garner you nothing but glares. Instead, it will sell, ringing everyone's bell, society's strangeness it bears. Yes. Okay. 
Yeah, no giving anybody a hug anymore. That's, I'm sorry. We, oh, give him a hug. Oh, okay. No, I'm sorry. We don't hug here. You're out of this. Go. Okay. Better than irony. Okay. I often have an irony at the end of this. I try to every week, but this is better than irony. Okay. We were sitting at Christmas dinner, my family and I having a good time and Sergio and Rhoda were there. And my brother pulled out a picture of me some years ago when I shaved to uh, go to court. And I was at church that week and he showed some pictures of me out at church on the beach. And everybody agreed I looked like a complete dorkwad. Everybody agreed. Now, one picture they say I look exactly like uh, Clint Eastwood. And they agreed on that. But one of the pictures they said, man, you look like a dorkwad there. Okay. So I said to Sergio this past week, I said, Sergio, you need to stop shaving. And this article will tell you why. And he said, what are you talking about? I said, you know that dorkwad in the picture at Christmas dinner? He said, yes. I said, that's you right now. And when you get a beard, you're going to realize you're no longer a dorkwad. Here we go. Mail online. Listen carefully. Mail online. Salesmen with beards close the deal more often, regardless of their age or attractiveness, because it makes them look trustworthy, researchers find. People clicked on ads with bearded reps far more than smooth or stubbly ones. The effect was constant regardless of the model's race, age, or attractiveness. Subjects of all ages, genders, and economic levels preferred bushy salesmen. Researchers suggest firms start to rethink bans on facial hair. Now, I'm going to tell you why I know that isn't completely true, and I'm going to tell you right now how you know that. When... One of my friends, Mike, wanted to know the Genesis 38, the meaning of Genesis 38. He knew that it was picturing something. He had no idea what. He went to YouTube, and he started listening to the Genesis 38 sermons. He listened to every single Genesis 38 sermon on YouTube, every one of them, and there's a reason why. And every time he got to another one, he said, there's a picture of this guy with a beard on there. In a headband, he says, I'm not going to watch that. I refuse to watch that. And so he went through every single Genesis 38 sermon, and he said every one of them talked about why it was so bad, what happened was inappropriate, all just some stupid moral lesson that had nothing to do with the content. And he said, I got to the very last Genesis 38 sermon, and I had to click on it. And I clicked on it, and I listened, and I said, I understand what that passage is saying. It's pointing to Jesus Christ in the most marvelous way that you can ever imagine. And he emailed me, and he says, I'm coming down from South Carolina for you to baptize me. He drove all the way here just for that, okay? So I know that article isn't true at all times, but please stop shaving, grow your beard. <laughs> Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word. We wish you all a very, very happy new year. And that is your prophecy update for the week. Thank you, Charlie.